is a show about personal and professional development, business, all from a coach's point of view. And we are moving into the last legs of our entrepreneurship series called The Reluctant Entrepreneur, which has been myself, Jason, and my co-host, Diana Ideas, MCC's flavor of business, of starting a business of entrepreneurship called The Reluctant Entrepreneur. And today we're going to be talking about health. Health is wealth. Health is wealth. And I know what you're thinking, which is the same question that I had for Diana. So she's probably going to kick us off. What the heck does this have to do with business? Yeah. So it's interesting as in the last episode, we talk about balance. And for me, a lot of the balancing activities have to do with health. And whether you're looking at emotional, physical, mental, spiritual health, um, as one of the biggest hesitations for me, or the the biggest reasons that I was reluctant about becoming an entrepreneur is that I wouldn't get sick in vacation days. (laughs) Because there's no net, there's no backup, unless you are, unless you have funding, which means then you have expectations of repaying that funding, or you have a cash reserve, you really are your business. You know, one of the things that to, to think about is that I, you know, looking at do you have disability insurance? Because what happens if you get sick, or if you're sick for an extended period of time, or something happens? Um, so health, is even more important, I think, as an entrepreneur, because there's not there's not aspects in play uh, for you to have that coverage. You're not necessarily working with other people. There's not necessarily cash reserve. There's not necessarily an established structure. Often for entrepreneurs, they are their business. They're running their business. So it can be very easy, whether you're reluctant or not on the entrepreneur life, to lean in and try to put all your eggs in the business basket. And you know, we can talk about work-life balance and some people are like, oh, I don't have time for that. But then if you don't want to talk about work-life balance, which is kind of the nice version of how are you taking care of yourself, then it often can lean into or lead into health issues. And some of this may just, you know, it depends. It can be physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, like depending on what your practice are and what your balancing practices are. um, I think that's a challenge. If you don't have already have a strong sense of health and well-being going in, I believe it's even harder to maintain. Um, I, th- I think for some people, they might be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to start my own business and I'm going to take naps during the day and not really work all the time. Um, for most people, that's not realistic <laughs> unless unless you're just kind of growing money trees. Um, so a lot of times, at least if in the beginning, if not ongoing, you're going to be putting even more time, more effort to try to get something off the ground. So then your health and how much your business is dependent on you is really important. The first thing that I think about when you start bringing this topic up is how much more susceptible you are to probably getting sick or probably feeling under the weather because of how much more stress and risk Mm -hmm. you're taking on. And in case, spoiler alert, you didn't know this, a lot of people aren't meant to be living in a constant state of stress. Yeah. Um, and, And it reminds me of a study. And I'll have to link this in the show notes, but they compared stress levels of people in regular office working spaces to the same and, and, and tried to measure them. And they were coming out with the same levels of stress that people from soldiers, that soldiers of war were coming back, you know, with legit levels of PTSD. That's how much cortisol and stress hormones are running through people's bodies. And of course, you're supposed to experience that sometimes, right? Like when you wake up and things like that is what helps you like wake up in the morning. Um, and if you're in uh, Silicon Valley, it's really uh, 
it's really cool to be like, oh, yeah, the ice baths and showers, especially like in sports and stuff. But you're not meant to be in a constant state of stress. And it really does have a negative effect on you. And for Diana, like you were saying, for our reluctant entrepreneurs who are their sole source of income, what they're doing and the time and effort they can, this is absolutely a risk to mitigate, which is like if you get sick, if you feel under the weather, you know, it, it does have a huge uh, domino effect on the rest of your, your trajectory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and some of what you're talking about that, um, so Drew recommended the book to me. It's, it's like why zebras don't get ulcers. And it, it talks about stress and the constant state of stress that people are living under. And the, the challenge is, is that a lot of that, a lot of that can happen in the work environment as well, but we're not, we're not made for this. We're not made to be stressed out all of the time. Like you run, if something's chasing you, <laughs> it, it shouldn't be that we're kind of running to coffee and then running to a meeting and things like that. So you know, when we think about cortisol and ice baths and things like that, there are intentional ways that we can leverage stress. It, it can be a tool. Um, but for, for me, it, yeah, it's, it's scary. And then also if you're sick and you're not able to work or not able to produce a quality of work, likely that's going to hit your bottom line pretty quick. And so, you know, I think there's different ways we can go with this. So I'll be curious, like where you want to go. One of the things we've already explored is you know, how financially solid are you, whether you're going into this as an entrepreneur debating whether you want to be an entrepreneur, finances is going to be part of it. Like, do you have that buffer? From a work-life balance perspective, how can you be proactive? How can you have community support and things like that? But the thing is, is that, you know, at some point, even if you don't get sick that often, so I thankfully, knock on wood, am someone who almost never gets sick, but I had uh, some health challenges this year that really put a damper um, and lasted longer. And it was, you know, something that I'm thankful that it happened later in my business when I was more established, as opposed to as opposed to earlier. But, you know, even like this week and next week, I have follow up appointments and things like that. So some of this too, is just about, um, you know, some of these can, things can be, um, you know, physical, and it can be very easy to talk about what are you eating? How much are you working out? Um, how are you taking care of your body, which is such an essential part of health? Um, but also on the kind of mental, emotional, spiritual side, um, you know, what's nurturing you, what's taking care of you. Um, because the walking, you know, when you think about entrepreneur life, in some ways, it's like walking off a cliff <laughs> and you just hope that you can fly. So, you know, yeah, that can be an adventure, but it also definitely comes with a different level of risk. Yeah. I'd be remiss if most people didn't already know, like, Hey, you can fall into an easy trap of dedicating all your time to a business and be eating fast food all the time. And shocker, that's probably not the healthiest thing. So I don't think we really need to go into there, but I'd be curious as far as the, the kind of the other side of health, which is like the, the well-being side, what you're recommending for people to start out as, because I do believe that this stuff falls pretty low on the priority until it becomes a problem. Which means like until they're, and when we, when we say sick, right, quote unquote sick, we're not talking about some kind of medical diagnosis, but it's everything from low energy to the sniffles to a serious medical diagnosis to just feeling getting the blues, right? Everything from mm-hmm. that, because this is a, a difficult. So we're talking about the, the gamut of, of wellness, not necessarily being sick, like, oh no, I need chicken soup and a bunch of Tylenol and Theraflu, kind of like level sick. There's, there's a pretty 
wide spectrum there. So in terms of, of well-being, where are you recommending people to start? Because this isn't a, this isn't a number one priority. Yeah, I mean, I think you talked, you talked last episode about the life wheel and, you know, any kind of coaching wheel, not to oversimplify, but in coaching, we look at current state versus desired state. So the place I recommend people start is with awareness. What is your current state? You know, how are your relationships? Like, do you have, do you walk a spiritual path? Do you want to? Um, you know, what investments, like how connected are you to your family, to your community? Um, what's your level of health? Because, you know, some per- somebody may be trying to get to a certain percentage of body fat. Someone else might just be trying not to get sick. So it's like, what's your current state objectively? And then what's your response to your current state? Um, you know, it's, it's just because someone else might think it as a priority. Um, someone else might want to save your soul or change your gene size, but that doesn't mean that that's your priority. So then how is that? How are you emotionally responding to that? What does that look like based on um, your how you feel about your life? And then what's your desired state? So I think I think it really, you know, in coaching, it has to be customized because, you know, there, there are I'm sure prescriptions out there. You know, you were telling me with atomic habits, don't miss twice, right? There's mm-hmm. definitely prescriptions out there. And there's methodology. But I think a lot of this starts with as we talk about identity and introspection, to see, you know, how are you so busy that you can't get the surgery that you want? Um, are you so busy that you don't really talk to your family anymore? And it, you know, I, I think it's just looking at what is, what are the, what's actually happening in your life and how do you feel about what's happening? And then what do you want to do about it? Not in a kind of shame or blame. Like I can't believe it got this far unless looking at the shame and blame actually helps you move forward. But it's just looking at what's the difference. And then, what is what are the things you can do? What are the low hanging fruit? It's so curious because when we're talking about this in the in the back of my mind, I'm thinking about, you know, and I've talked about this on the podcast, which is, you know, I had a really, really bad back problems several years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To the point four years I mean, it's ago. Dehabilitating, chronic yeah. pain. Like yeah. the people who sustain and maintain chronic pain and live it anyway. I mean, shout outs. I, I can't, I can't it's so much. It's, it's a lot. And it's interesting because I went on a hike over the, over the weekend with my brother and I was talking to him about the phenomenon on the, the path back to recovery. So um, just to kind of recap really quickly is that I had a, a very, very bad lower back injur- uh, injury that would just like literally put me out where I, I couldn't even put my pants on myself. And it was like, I would have these kind of episodes at two weeks out of a time and it was all musculature. So there wasn't really like a surgery for me, but it just required a lot of physical therapy and a lot of exercise. And I, I wasn't, I didn't really have as much, um, a good physical routine as much as I do now. And so this was like in 2018 and I had to, you know, had to file ADA to get like standing desks and stuff. And eventually I, I started making leaps and bounds. But during the time where I was feeling so bad, I would have done anything to get out of that situation when I was having these episodes where I literally laying down was painful, standing up was painful. It just like all the time where I was like, I would talk to, you know, doctors or people from the health insurance. And I was like, I'll eat a live chicken if you tell me if that'll <laughs> yeah, help me exactly. feel better. But the one thing that really made a huge difference was when the pandemic was going on is so I'm about two years out and I wasn't having crazy two week episodes, but I was still very susceptible to back pain was that I had to establish a new routine 
of light activity. And for me, it was just walking, walking around the neighborhood because it was very easy to be indoors, right? We're in this pandemic and everything was shut down. You couldn't go anywhere and had to do just walking for 15 minutes every day. And that was really challenging because I never felt like I wanted to walk. I never felt like I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get outside today. Sorry, that just wasn't my jam. But it was the most beneficial to my recovery was consistently walking every day. Very low stress activity. Very, very good being mobile, being active, but I never looked forward to it. And it really reminded me of probably what's going on with our reluctant entrepreneurs, which is most people aren't probably shocked and be like, yeah, I, I, I get it. I have to take care of myself. Um, I have to look out and probably not eat fast food and probably have some sort of thing. And if you look back on the episodes of the podcast, when I talk about how people are supporting themselves, which was my very, very first question of cross street coaching, which is how people who support other people support themselves, some kind of physical activity or nutrition was always, always an answer they all had. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, we always strive away from that. Mm-hmm. We're like, no, no, that's got to be some other thing. Like it should be the celery juice, right? That I get from Whole Foods, the yeah. $5 bottle of celery juice. It's got to be some magical thing that I look online that I find that will be the solution, but not the core basics. So that's that's what it remind what you were just talking about reminded me of a lot, not to go on a huge tangent there. No. But it's it's related, you know. I had um I had a car accident a long time ago and actually the treatment, the chiropractic treatments, it's like if I didn't get treated, I would my personality would change. And it mm-hmm. was I was much harsher, I had no patience. Um that's so that's why like for those dealing with and managing like chronic pain and illness who are able to be nice out there in the world, like I was struggling with it. Um but then thankfully uh Thankfully, I was introduced to it's something called like Atlas Orenthological. I can't say that. I'm going to have to send you a link. It's a different kind of chiropractic. And it was a series of sessions. So I had to make time. But the thing is, is that now I don't even have to do maintenance anymore. Um, I haven't had to go in years. But there was a time where I had to do so many sessions of it to recover and recover over a long term. And then now because I invested that time in the recovery, it's not, it's not an issue anymore. So I, I think with the body, you know, the, so at the beginning of million dollar baby, the Morgan Freeman talks about the knockout punch. And mm-hmm. he's, he says at a certain point, the body will make you pass out because if it goes a hair trigger beyond that, um, you're dead. <laughs> and the body's like, Hey, I'm going to take this from here because you obviously don't know what you're doing. So the the body has protection mechanisms and you can either proactively give it what it needs <laughs> or it's going to get it reactively and you'll see the consequences. And it's hard because sometimes sometimes we don't know. We're not sure what's happening. You know, like obviously like the fast food and the not sleeping and all that stuff. Like that's obvious stuff, but you know, we're complicated. We're complicated. All those hormones and things and then, you know, depending even if you're eating only plants, there's pesticides in plants and hormones and the animals. Like, I mean, it's, it's comp health is, is often a complicated thing to figure out, but if you don't invest proactively, like that bill's going to come to you after, right? Like it's, it's not a, you know, there's, um, I think my mom gave me a book called gifts from the sea. And I think this is from gifts for the sea, mm. but one of the poems in there, um, or me, Oh no, I might be saying the wrong title. I will look. Um, but it's one of the poems in there is, Um, give your body an hour a day. If you can't give your body an hour a day, there's nothing your body can do for you. And something like there's nowhere else you can go essentially. And it's, I hung it up on my mirror for a long time 
to reinforce, even if that hour of day, if it's not a walk or exercise, even if it's extra sleep or like snuggling a puppy or a child or something like that, the, you know, it's how are we taking care of our well-being, our body, you know, and because otherwise those bills come due. Yeah, it's because we're not nutritionists or doctors, it does feel a little, you know, odd to to talk about nutrition. But I think from our personal experiences, we can say, hey, these are some of the things that work for us, but you're going to have to figure out something. And I like the approach that it's not a one size fits all. I think that's what modern science has told us is that there's not one single diet one single exercise that works for everyone, you got to find what works for you. But what I am curious about is why our entrepreneurs and most people that are in business think about health as something that can be pushed off, right? Which is where if you have a car, we get you get the oil change. If you don't get the oil change, it's going to blow up. And we think about a lot of other things preventative as a part of the process. But when it comes to specifically health and well-being, that somehow falls pretty low on the priority list. And how do we start bringing that back up when there's a lot of other competing priorities? Yeah, I I mean, I think one of the things you have to look at from a motivation traits perspective, and I know we talked about this on a previous episode because you put words that change minds in a show notes, mm-hmm. is looking at whether you move towards a goal or away from a consequence. Even if you in general move towards a goal, sometimes you'll have things that you only move away from consequences. And I think probably for a lot of people, um, they're moving away from being sick as opposed to towards a health goal. Um, and, or even if someone's moving towards like wanting to lose weight, it's because they're pushing away from the weight. So I think one of the things that, you know, as business owners, we have to look at from a proactive perspective is how are you proactively planting seeds and creating a strategy and driving a business strategy? I don't think people take a lot that same proactive approach with their health. I mean, myself included, it's like, oh, I've gained 10 pounds. How do I get this off? Um, you know, I, I think a lot of times for myself as well, um, if our bodies are working and it seems like it's working, like we, we don't necessarily invest the time. So, um, one of the challenging things about being an entrepreneur is that you don't feel that you have enough time to do everything that you want to do, right? I mean, not that that's not true for everyone, but I think in business, it's you, when you have your own business, it's higher stakes. So then looking back to the person and being like, oh, unless someone gets ideas on their run, um, which, you know, often like when I was a newer entrepreneur and I was trying to write a proposal or put something together for a client and I didn't know what to do, I found that if I went to the ocean and just sat by the water and had my phone, um, I would figure out what I needed to say. And there was also a period of time where um, it, I knew it was going to be a really stressful month. So I proactively went to the water because my thing is, is that if you don't have time to go to the water, you need to go to the water <laughs> because then that's an emergency. So that's one of my kind of canaries in the mind. Um, but I, I think it's pretty normal on health. We just, we potentially, if it's a luxury, but we expect to be healthy, if we've had the kind of privilege of living mostly healthy lives, um, and then you expect to maintain it. It's kind of like the work-life balance, how you're talking about that being a stagnant moment in time that something can sustain. I think sometimes people like health as a norm can feel like, oh, well, that's a balance. That's my right. That's where I should sustain. Um, and we don't necessarily feed as much in. Absolutely. We talk about this, that, that for me, it's the cell phone phenomenon. 
which is when your cell phone's yes. working, you just take it you for granted. You it. just you just make calls. You just make yeah. calls and you just text. But once it's not working, you're like banging on the thing totally. and like pointing it up to the sky and be like, ah, curse you, Verizon. Right. Exactly. And the same thing happens with our health. And I loved that you kind of talked about kind of that water time is the reason why shower thoughts happen so much. It's because your brain is meant to kind of run in the background. It's the way that we're designed. And the whole story of the Eureka moment, right, is uh, because of I'm totally going to botch the the story, but it's essentially the story of a philosopher, whoever it is, Magellan or something. And basically, they were trying to figure out the weight of gold to solve for the king of like what authentic gold was. And he was trying to just sitting down, just figuring out all this mathematics and he couldn't figure it out. And he so he, someone said, like, look, look, you just need to relax and just go take a bath. And it was when he got into the water that he understood the idea of mass and density. And he said, Eureka. And he jumps out of the jumps out of the bath and water splashing everywhere. He's like naked running around. I figured it out. I figured it out. Because he like actually walked away from the problem. Yeah. And figured it out. And I, I think that that is a great, great point to hone in for our entrepreneurs, which is allow your brain to do what it does best and build in some of that downtime to just kind of process and absorb instead of constantly like white knuckling, holding onto the driver's seat full throttle because we're not designed to work that way and build that into your business. The other thing that this really, really reminds me of. Oh, can I add an example before you shift? Oh, forbidden, not allowed. (laughs) So the not being a neuroscience, but neuroscientist, but you know, when under stress, we're fight, flight, or freeze, right? Your body's trying to help you survive. But then when you're, when you step away, you're, you're no, you take the blinders off, right? That's part of why like people have brilliant ideas in the shower or as they walk away or, you know, right before they're going to bed. So, you know, it's, it's putting, you can't just like be in the shower drumming your fingers and be like, where's my brilliant, why hasn't my brilliance struck yet? But there's, there's a creative element when we're not in stress mode um, that, that is important to, to let the body work. If you're stressed, your body's trying to keep you alive. If you're calmer, then you can kind of the brain opens up. So I don't know all the fancy science words, but that's my, that's my non-technical synopsis of that. Of the brain opening up. <laughs> exactly. Just like a very cartoon where, cut, you know, <laughs> where you're, you know, there's like a paper cutout and your brain just opens up and like math spills in, right? Kind of thing. Yeah. But I mean, it logically, like if you're running from a bear, like, or if you see a bear and you're like, what am I going to do about this bear? Like, you don't need to have a bunch of kind of creative insights that you would if you were kind of calmly like sitting in a boat on, on tranquil waters, you know, that's, <laughs> that's not the same reaction. So it's, you know, it's funny what I say about the, what I say about the moon and the planets and stuff like that is, you know, some, some people like will say like, oh, you know, it's a full moon, like the hospitals fill and stuff like that. And some people are like, oh, I don't believe in that stuff. And I'm like, oh, well, the ocean believes in it because the tide changes all the time related to the moon. So the thing is, is our bodies and our hormones are, are doing their best to protect us in our stressful lives, even if we don't feel stressed. Um, so we can kind of ignore that that's happening in the background, or we can get a little bit more education and try to be more proactive with it. Hey, I mean, just think about how much research they're doing with sleep recently exactly. and and rhythm yeah. and how impactful that is to people and to human beings and to optimal health, which is they have discovered that your circadian rhythm defines a lot about how your body recovers and how it processes 
And one of the big things that you recommend, I know there's a book called Why We Sleep, and that's one of the ones on my list to, to get back to, is they just talked about to actually feel woken up in the morning, it's just to experience sunlight for like 10 minutes, mm. and just to get out in front of the sunlight. And that's more stimulating than your pots of coffee and stuff like that. And because mm. we don't have those things naturally, that people replace those with secondary types of stimulation to try to feel like awake in the morning. And the same thing with we have these devices that emit quote unquote blue light, right? And uh, but even though now my phone like changes to this orange color and there's all these things and like glasses you can buy. But essentially that when the when it gets nighttime, that's a signal to your body to start winding down and go yeah. to rest. Yeah. So and that's the thing. It's like there's all these we may we're proud of all our scientific advancements, but our bodies are keeping us alive in ways that they've kept us alive for centuries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And and if we don't have the education about that or awareness, like one of the things I haven't done this yet, but my aura ring kept whining about heart rate variability. And I was like, I don't even know what this is. Um, so <laughs> my doctor lent me some monitor. I haven't actually used it yet. Um, but one of the things I found is when I, when I eat late, when I eat, when people normally eat dinner, it affects my sleep and my heart rate variability. Whereas I, with, if I eat early, like with the, with, uh, those who have retired, <laughs> um, if I eat early, it doesn't interrupt my sleep. So th- that's the thing. If, if I hadn't been wearing some kind of sleep monitor that was giving me that data, um, I may have noticed that over time. Like in general, I like to eat early anyway, but I, I didn't know why. I didn't know why I was eating early until I started eating later and then couldn't sleep. So, you know, it's the thing is, is that you don't have to, we don't have to know why. Like people, I think it's interesting to hit the books and the podcasts and like learn about the brain and learn about the body. Like I think that these things are fascinating. Even if someone doesn't know why, it's about kind of paying attention to our signals and responses and seeing like what, what does optimum look like? Are you just surviving? Cause I feel like it potentially could be a badge of honor for someone to be like, Oh, I don't have time to sleep. Well, if you don't have time to sleep, then you're not getting all of those like evolutionary things that sleep does for us as humans. And so then you're, um, you know, you're running on less. And, you know, I know that like doctors and ER people like work such long shifts, they don't get a ton of sleep, but also they're doing such like precise and adrenaline fueled work. I mean, I really want you to be at your best if you're going to cut into me. I hope so. <laughs> Just saying, you know, like, go ahead and take a nap. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine getting a surgery? Like, I'm sorry, your surgeon's really having a case in the Mondays. They're really <laughs> right? feeling, they're just not feeling it today. They yeah. had to take a, take a, you know, a self-care day. Well, take a mental I mean, health day. Yeah, which might be frustrating to you, but it's like, you don't want someone who doesn't, if, if your surgeon needs a mental <laughs> health day and they don't take it, like, you're going to have consequences. They're really in a bad mood because they didn't get to go to their nap pod. So, you know, <laughs> we had to reschedule. Hey, man. Uh, quality of life. So okay. Does, you were going to go another direction and I paused you. Totally. So. No, okay. it's all, it's actually all still related. Okay, and good. one of the things that reminds me is, so you know, I have a, I have a three-year-old daughter for those of us with, that have dealt with small kids raising up their ability to like have some sort of sleep regiment is almost like comical at this point. But I got used to, because my daughter's sleep was all disrupted was that I would have, because things were crazy, I would get used to working when she went down uh, like an 8 to 10.30, 8 to 10.30 kind of shift, like a, which was doing email and doing some cleanup work stuff because things were so crazy uh, in the morning and, and trying to get used to having, especially when she was born. And even though now we're, we're years into it, I still re- feel like that time, that 8.30 to 10.30 time 
is like working time. And this reminded me of the story that I was going to bring up, which is a lot of when I start working with with new clients and they're in a state of stress, they constantly tell me it's a very common thread to say, well, yeah, this is just temporary. And once dot, dot, dot happens, then I will finally get back to normal, right? Like, well, this is just while I'm starting my business. This is just because I'm in this new position, or this is just while so-and-so is out. And then once they get back, then everything's going to go back to normal. And that's kind of the fallacy. And what we don't realize is that when we start operating in our current state, we're actually programming ourselves, maybe mentally and physiologically, for the new normal. So mm-hmm. for our entrepreneurs that are starting, they're like, yeah, well, you know, I'm just because I'm dedicating, you know, 14 hours a day and only getting five hours of sleep. That's just while I get this business off the ground. And once I have a few clients, once I have my product in stores, once my site is launched, then I'll, you know, then I will go to uh, focusing on health and uh, having a better work-life balance or whatever yeah, it is. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. And the problem is, is that we establish Tomorrow that never normal, <laughs> it never comes. So even when the, the, that dot, 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 the client, this, the, the sale goes through, the product gets in stores or the website's launch, there's something else that keeps them in that state. And so the actual justification to get back to a state of, or to focus on health and wellness never really comes. It's never something you feel like doing. Yeah. Yeah. Some of, some of what comes up to me as well is, is patterns, you know, because, um, so for example, I, I realized that there's something, there's something in the summer and I know we talked about this before, but there's something in the summer and it's been different every year where I see kind of a, a, a dip, um, in my either it's usually in my energy, not necessarily my productivity. Um, it's often sometimes like years ago. Um, it was when I had bigger clients and I was, the business was really starting to take off, which was great, but then I didn't know if I could sustain it. So it was actually more, I was used to, I was used to the stress of, oh my God, do I have enough work to pay my bills? (laughs) I wasn't used to the stress of, oh, this is working. How are you going to sustain it? It was just a different, it was just a different mode, a different stress. So I think if we, I think if we can know our patterns, like, for me, and oh, actually, this might be some of why summer is more challenging for me. So I live in a coastal place. Amazing. I know. Boohoo. Feel sorry for me. But <laughs> one of the things we have is June gloom because in California, the marine layer in June, it tends to be really foggy. Now, I don't have seasonal affective disorder in winter, like like most people potentially have it. But I think it might affect me in June because in June, we get a bunch of fog. I actually really love, I love fall. I like winter. Um, you know, it's California. So I mean, really, we're talking about 65 to 85 (laughs) anyway. But it's one of the things because I know that there's a point in the summer where something dips. And so I'm, I'm playing with it. I'm aware now that that's part of my pattern. So do I need to take vacations? What do I need? And then this was the first year I was like, huh, I wonder if I'm getting some like seasonal effective because I try to in June leave my community or leave California for a place that's legitimately warm. Because otherwise, I find that sometimes my kind of emotional sustainability takes the hit, like emotional mental health, um, even though it's not necessarily happening in winter. Um, you know, do I need a sunlight? Maybe it seems kind of weird to be a Californian who buys a sunlight in June, but it might work, right? So one of the things for me is, and I mean, this is not a surprise as the coach, like as coaches, we're curious, like, hey, is this serving you or what's happening over here? There's a pattern over here. 
So whether or not you're working with a coach or are a coach, some of it is also having curiosity about your own life and looking at the patterns and then seeing like, what, how can I innovate? What's something else I can try? How is this pattern serving me or not? So, you know, there are going to be things, there's things I've implemented this year to try to see if I can make the summer better. Um, and then also I'm processing and having, you know, I'll, I'll follow up with kind of coaching sessions and commitments and putting stuff on my calendar because, um, I want, I don't want to see a dip in my kind of energy and sustainability level in the summer. I feel like I can crack that code. Um, and I'm, I'm willing to kind of put in the time to try to do stuff both reactively and also preactively, proactively. I do enjoy that idea of kind of AB testing and doing small increments to see, right? So for one person, it may be literally like we were talking about just the first thing you do when you wake up before you make your coffee, which is just to actually get outside. I mean, you may want to put on some clothes if you sleep in like your underwear or something, but, and for other people, maybe it is, maybe it is uh, a sunlight or some kind of, uh, you know, light therapy, which is a pretty low cost, right? If you think about what you can get off of Amazon, exactly. some kind of funky looking light, bright things is what they look like to me. Um, and th- that's a way to feel a little bit more active rather than passive, right? Waiting until it gets bad, waiting until like what I experienced until you're experiencing a major debilitation to like take it seriously. Because I, I do, even four years in, I take health and fitness extremely seriously. And it makes, it gives me a lot of satisfaction. Whereas for the rest of my life, that was never important. I was about like, yo, pizza and tacos all day, every day. Baby. I know. I used to I mean, think I was, when I grew up. I'm still up, about that, but I used to be as well. Totally. So, yeah. uh, I used to think when I grew up, I was going to eat Oreos and Doritos all day. Mm-hmm. I know. And I'd then have we trouble fitting 20. in the door. But I do like the idea of encouraging our reluctant entrepreneurs to proactively build this in into their plan and to whether it's a small adjustment or just something you're being mindful or intentional about. Yeah. Well, one of the things to look at is 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 your business is like your baby and you're paying special care and attention to your baby. Like what's working? What's not working? How do you make it better? How do you help the thing survive? How do you help it grow? How do you help it thrive? Well, part of, I mean, I'm not a parent, so you can speak to this, but part of, I would imagine raising a child is also making sure that you can actually protect that child. So, you know, even if, even if this sounds like just a bunch of like West Coast mumbo jumbo, right? (laughs) Like, oh, self-care and health. It's, it's like, well, how are you going to protect your business if you're sick and who's going to protect it for you? And that's when kind of, that's the shift between moving towards a goal. Oh, I want to take care of myself. So I have a sustainable business versus kind of moving away from the consequence. My business will suffer if I'm sick. And that's, that's something that, um, you know, one of my, my coach who focuses more on the kind of personal side, um, he finally, he was like, we need to talk about your life. We need to talk about your life. And finally, he said to me, if we don't make if we don't talk about and make your life more of a priority, it will negatively impact your business. And I was like, okay, fine. But I needed, I needed that extreme version because before then I was just like, I don't have time for this. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, think about just the way that when as someone that, that does have kids, the way you think about it, Oh, the college funds, or should I start saving up for the therapy that they're going to need when they're a teenager, (laughs) you know, because I'm messing them up so much. I mean, we think very, very long-term when we're raising a kid about being a well-adjusted adult. But when we're starting a business, we don't really consider those long-term things or the impact of what we're doing today like we do for, for child rearing. So I, I do think that that's an interesting frame of mind to kind of juxtapose and say, you know, do you need to start 
making a rainy day fund for when you're off for a week and there's no sales coming in or whatever it is to start to build that into your stuff today as a way to to protect protect your your business baby right i mean you even mentioned something having something like disability insurance i can say like if i was starting a business this is not the first thing on my mind. No, no. It, sure and it made me kind of like, oh, like, yeah. I don't have that. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah I don't uh-oh. got that money. That's expensive. <laughs> right. Well, and not even, and who even knows if it's expensive? Sometimes it's just, sometimes it's just the paperwork. Like I, I got a referral for a lawyer because I was like, hey, what, what paperwork do I need to have in place for my business to live beyond me? And they got back to me and it's like, that was probably months ago. You know what I mean? Like some of it's mm-hmm. just like making the time for it. And, you know, in the, in line with the parent metaphor, you know, there are some times where like your kid's going to wa- have more screen time than, you, than you've expected, or you are going to go through that drive through <laughs> instead of like making them the fancy organic, but totally. it's also looking at like, Hey, what's the priority. And I think some of what we're talking about here is like, when is it good enough? Like, when is it good enough in your business? But I think so often the body and our health are the one that gets the short straw. And we just kind of push through. And and I'm sure that there's people who maybe prioritize their physical and their health in a different way. But I would say that oftentimes that's because they're like, well, I had a bout of depression and it couldn't work. And so now I have to do this, this and this to keep myself maintained. It's often because something happens and we're trying to avoid that thing. So looking at how do we be proactive and make investments in our health? Because if you're too sick, to work and you can't work at all or and or if you're too sick to operate effectively you know there's you know people talk about like pregnancy brain or covid brain there's definitely like cuz the body's busy right all that stuff that we normally do or think is important like the body's trying to heal or create life and so um you know i think i think a lot of this is like health health is a priority and if you can make it a little bit more proactive versus reactive, I mean, I don't know how often you walk or how many minutes a day, but sometimes, sometimes it's miraculous. It's like, oh, you mean if I get more sleep or take a walk or eat some vegetables, I can change my quality of life? Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, as someone who's, who's never going to fully give up the French fries entirely. Oh, never. Or who's always going to be like, yeah, I mean, even Saturday, you know, I've been very, very focused on health and nutrition. And we had a barbecue and I was like, hell yeah, give me that craft American single on my cheeseburger. You, you know how we do. Oh, I love that stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's always, something about that orange gonna cheese craft mm-hmm. represent my childhood right there. <laughs> but then this morning I had a blended green juice smoothie. Of so you, you know, there, there you go. That's, that's kind of how I roll. So we advocate for both. Well, cool. This has been uh, interesting. I wasn't sure where we we're going to go, but this was a fun exploration. Anything else you want to bring up, Diana, before we wrap up for today? Yeah, to to just say, I think this is, I think when people, you know, you think about a business plan and someone puts together a business, I mean, I don't have a business plan, but oftentimes when people are asking for funding or starting a new business, like what's their business plan? I don't think that people put health on there, (laughs) right? Mm -mm. Like you talk about business sustainability and return on investment and funding and structure and stuff like that. I would encourage people to think about where does health go? And for, for those people who are determining whether they're reluctant on whether the entrepreneurial life is for you or whether you want to have a side hustle kind of while you're working for someone else full time or what that looks like. If health is one of the considerations, even if it's like, well, for my health, I'm not going to pursue my entrepreneurial dreams. 
for the next X amount of years. If you can make that decision from a health perspective, I think that that's more holistic and then more likely to be successful. One life to live. One life to live. Yeah. More wise words from Diana. Okay. So Diana, where can people find out more about you? Yeah. So hawthornunion.com. Check out our resource page if you haven't. There's a bunch of filters on there. So these episodes and other resources and, and things like that to whether you're a coach or you're a leader um, or feel like taking some assessments, hopefully that can be helpful. Um, and then as love would say, I'm in the halls of LinkedIn. I am also on the halls of LinkedIn and you can find uh, more about me and my coaching on hawthornunion.com. We will have links to, uh, we'll probably have a lot of links on this uh, episode show notes because we talked about a lot of things. Yeah, so like I'll send you some links. I'm sorry. There's many, a lot in there. Yeah. And garbled many metaphors as well. Yes. I'm sure, you know, this is not good. Glad we're not doing Jeopardy here. Um, but we'll have those links all in the show notes. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time. 